Well, hello, Oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co-host, Lexi. And this is Oddities on Elm Street. I just have one thing to say. We're back. <laughs> We're back. I just... Uh, we hope you enjoyed your holiday. Mm-hmm. If you celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, we're back for, what is this episode? Is it 50 yet? Or is it 49? I think it's only 49. Um, well, what's new with you? What do you have going on? (laughs) You want to, you want to tell the the people? (laughs) Your girl got engaged. She sure did. And then she, (laughs) she sprained her foot. All within like double trouble. What a three week span. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Man. Uh, but yeah, I got engaged and Bob's my maid of honor. I'm so excited. <laughs> so yeah, like I'm for real officially off the market. Yeah. Stay back. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we lost we lost power. You got a new dishwasher? I got a new dishwasher. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, It's really not fun, though, not having heat or running water, especially when you have a toddler. That sounds horrible. So it's it's on now. How long was it off, though? It wasn't very long. It was it was all day, but we have a generator. So that's nice. But I was like, there's no way we can record with the generator going in the background <laughs> so it's back though yeah. so we're nice and toasty now it's it's cold out here though yeah me this is literally like just a little brick. we're outside right now yeah this used to be a porch and they just threw up drywall and like carpeted the concrete floor <laughs> that's that's it i don't even think there's insulation in here probably not doesn't feel like it's, it it's usually pretty chilly or Pretty hot. Sweltering hot. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, so for our episode, we're going to talk about... Oh, before that, <laughs> I already forgot. I have my phone right next to me. Oh. <gasps> I have to shout out some patrons. We have our patron, Nicole. Nicole. We have Evelyn. Evelyn. We have Brittany. Brittany. We also have Jay Tay. Jay Tay. Hey, hey. We have, where are you? Taylor. Taylor. Then we have Cat. We have Cat. Meow. And then we have Spooky Mama. Oh my God. Is that you? No. And then we have Grace. Grace. And I think Grace just joined on the 23rd. And then today we got a new one, but they haven't gotten back to me. So I will save it for next Next time. time. But thank you all for subscribing to our Patreon. Welcome. It's so exciting that people beautiful like us. It's very flattering. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um I think we're going to do, like, a little series 
on Patreon about urban legends. Mm-hmm. We'll probably go like state to state. We'll start off with Michigan because it's where we're from. <laughs> we're a little biased. And then from there, you guys can kind of vote for whatever state you want to hear next. And if you don't, we'll probably just like pick it out of a hat or something. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to hear about all those spooky stories, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street. Patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street. <laughs> My dog just rolled into the tripod. <laughs> to the what? The tripod. I saw the camera <laughs> just... <laughs> Addison. Oh, like, God. Uh, it's like indented in her skin. <laughs> it's being absorbed. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I guess that's not so comfortable. <laughs> Oh, good. All right. Yeah. So for our topic today, we're going to talk about the bus kidnapping of 1976. I had Oof. never heard of this before, but it is, it's sad, but it has a happy ending. Like I'll spoil it a little bit. It does have a happy ending. Um, It's crazy though. And I feel like it's not near as known as I know, you would it's think. not talked about for something that is so like insane and yeah (laughs) yeah exactly like how do you pull this off i don't really know okay so we'll start back on july 15th 1976 in chowchilla california i love that name chowchilla it sounds like it should be a dog breed it's like a off-brand chihuahua Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's the california version Mm. yeah um so there are dozens of parents at this time that are confronted with their worst nightmare because a school bus carrying their 26 children mysteriously vanished on the way back from a summer field trip. Oh, and before we get too far into this, I was going to tell you, Spotify right now is doing like a 2023 wrapped oh. for podcasters. People are tagging our podcast as, like, their top podcasts on, like, my Instagram page or whatever. They're tagging us in, like, their top five or their top ten or whatever. And I have never felt so honored in my life. Oh, isn't that the sweetest thing? Seriously? Yes. There were, there was at least two. And I just got another notification, so I don't know if that's what it is. But it's so Uh, nice. I love it. I can't believe it. I know. I was so proud. I shared it on my story. (laughs) Anyways, okay. That's beautiful. Oh, my God. (laughs) So this all happened around 4 p.m. There's, like I said, there's these 26 children. They were just amazing kids. Like, they actually loved school so much that they wanted to have, like, summer school classes. So they had a class trip in the summer to a swimming pool that was at the Chowchilla Fairgrounds, and their bus driver picks them up to bring them home. The bus driver was a 55-year-old man that went by the name Ed, but his full name was Frank Edward Ray. He was just He's a quiet, just a nice old man. Sweet guy, hardworking. He loved working with kids. He loved his job. So Ed, he shows up to pick these 26 kids up to drive them home. And the kids range in age age 
with the youngest being five mm-hmm. and the oldest being 14. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, five years old, like literal babies on this bus. And the bus is driving its route when Ed notices a van blocking the road ahead of them. So he stops the van and all of a sudden, two men rush onto the bus carrying sawed-off shotguns. Uh, They were wearing pantyhose over their heads to conceal their identity. And this just broke me into a million pieces when I read it. And it just speaks to, like, these kids, they have no idea what's going on. And it's so sad. This little girl, because, okay, they have these pantyhose over their face. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the leg, like, the part where your legs Mm. would be... We're just like dangling oh, down right. by their face. It looks like a bunny. Yes. And this little oh. girl asks, Are you guys the Easter bunny? Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, so, yeah, these, oh. it's, it's so sad. So, these two men, they've taken over the bus, and then a third man hops into the van that was blocking the school bus mm-hmm. and is now following behind them. They drove the bus a short distance before coming to a stop in a dry riverbed. That was surrounded by, like, tall brush so they couldn't be seen. And there they had another van waiting. And this is where you start to realize that this was actually really thought out. Mm -hmm. The guys themselves are fucking idiots. And I don't know how they pulled this off. Uh, But uh, they thought it out very, very well. Like, they thought of almost everything. So they have this van waiting in the riverbed. And they force Ed and the children to jump from the emergency exit of the bus into the van so that they wouldn't leave any footprints. So it literally looks like, you know, this bus is abandoned. Literally looks like everybody just disintegrated into thin air. And the the inside of these vans, they had fitted with like this wood paneling. I think I read somewhere that they used to be like prisoner vans Mm. like the ones that would Mm -hmm. you know carry whatever the windows were painted black so the inside is just you can't you can't see yeah um jeez they had done the same with the first van as well so these 26 kids along with the bus driver ed are split up into these two vans and these men begin driving them around and by now, all of their parents are freaking out. Mm-hmm. They haven't returned like, home why? yet. Yeah. Yeah. And it would still be a really long time before they had any answers. At this point, these men had been driving everyone around for 11 hours. That is... 11 I, I have... What were they doing that whole time? I, I have no idea what many, was going right, on. Like... How many times do you have to stop for gas? I don't know. And they only drove them 100 miles away. Right. That doesn't take 11 hours. So I have no idea what they were doing. But these these children are 11 hours with no light, no food, no water, no toilets. I mean, remember, you have small children in these vans. Um, And also, no air ventilation. It's July in California. I can only imagine how suffocating that would be. And then you have kids panicking and crying for their mom and dad. Yeah. And, you know, they're forced to go to the bathroom on themselves. Oh, my God. 
awful. Just plain evil. And it just pisses me off why they did this. So, um, again, 11 hours, no idea what they were doing that entire time. They only brought them 11 or 100 miles away. So I don't know if they were just like driving in circles or what, but they had finally, after that 11 hours, they stopped at a rock quarry. This rock quarry was located in a town called Livermore, and the doors of the van finally open. I'm, God, while I was researching this, I was like trying to imagine what this would have been like, Mm -hmm. especially at such a young age. I don't even have words to like describe what they must have been thinking. I know. (laughs) The van doors open, and then one by one, these men just begin like ripping these children out. And I'm sure at this point they're thinking like this is it. Yeah. Like they're they're killing us one by one. I'm gonna be next. And remember, they're split up into two different groups. So the only adult there, Ed, is, in, is one. in one van. And so all of the other children in the other van are just alone. There's no adults, really. <sighs> there was like a um, a 14-year-old boy that was trying really hard to, you know, step up and like be their protector. And I'll talk about him a little bit later. But um, he's 14. Yeah, he's 14. Like- so he's like trying as best as he can to keep these little babies calm. Right. But at the same time, he's got to be freaking out on the inside. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you can get through something like that. But eventually, it's just down to this 14-year-old boy and I believe, like, a 5-year-old girl. They're alone in this van together in pitch darkness, and they're just waiting for those doors to open again. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, holding on to each other. And the doors open, the older boy is ripped from the little girl's arms. Like, they had to drag him out away from her. And then the doors close again. So now it's just, like, this little five-year-old left in there alone. After watching all of the others get ripped out one by one. After 11 hours of darkness and terror. Yeah. I can't imagine. The kids and Ed are taken out of the vans and then forced one by one to climb down a ladder leading into like a hole in the ground. It's a little bit, it's kind of hard to explain. It's hard to like mm-hmm. picture. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I'll, I'll post some pictures on our Patreon yeah. for everyone to go see just so everything's in the same sp- uh, place. So basically what these guys had done in advance. They buried a moving truck 12 feet underground and they get all 27. How do they do that? I don't know. I don't know. And it's, it's weird too, because this is a, this is like a fully operating rock quarry. The employees were saying that they saw these men out there digging and digging and digging but nobody questioned it. Like, did you build a ramp? Like, how did you get that truck down there? Did you just, like, drop it? I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea how they... I don't even know how they thought to do this, honestly. 
So they get all 27 of them inside of this moving truck. The kidnappers put like a manhole cover Mm -hmm. over this hole that they were forced into. Then on top of this manhole lid or whatever, they place two car batteries, which each weigh like 100 pounds. And then all of the kids and Ed that are inside now can hear what sounds like dirt being tossed on top mm-hmm. of the truck. Mm-hmm. And they start to realize that they're, they're being, literally being buried alive. Yeah. What yeah. a horrifying uh, feeling. Uh, I cannot imagine coming to that realization. Like you're going to die of having no water or like. Or no oxygen. Or, yeah, yeah, even. yeah. Like what a, what a slow and terrifying way to go you have plenty of time to think about what's happening to you and watching everyone else yeah experience it it's just i can't even imagine oh. that. so inside of the moving truck that they were kept in they had mattresses there were like a couple of fans thankfully the kidnappers were smart enough to know that they needed ventilation so they had fitted the moving truck with these two pipes to provide air Mm -hmm. but it's 27 people in such a small space they know it's not going to be enough eventually they will run out of oxygen um well and the batteries died yes the batteries on the fans died after a few hours so they also they had some food down there like there was a small amount of peanut butter bread water But it really was only enough for one meal Mm -hmm. per person. Mm -hmm. So now they're underground in the sweltering California heat. They have no more water left. The younger kids are, you know, panicking and crying for their mom and dad. Uh, They made like a makeshift toilet, but it was literally just like a hole in the center of a, like a wheel well. Um, And so as... The minutes and hours continue going by, you know, they're running out of food, they're running out of air, and the trailer's roof begins to cave in. At that moment, panic sets in. So Ed and the 14-year-old boy that we talked about earlier, his name is Michael Marshall, decided, like they literally said, if we're going to die, we're going to die trying to get out of here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so they came up with the idea to start stacking the mattresses on top of each other and for hours ed and michael worked tirelessly to try and pry the manhole lid to open Mm -hmm. you know that part of the roof they used like a piece of wood and they had wedged it into that opening And we're just pushing and pushing and doing everything they could. And while Michael and Ed are doing this, they're trying, they're like taking turns doing this, obviously. And the younger kids are like cheering them on. Just tears at my heartstrings. Um, And finally, after hours of trying, the lid moves and trying for that long and when it's so hot and you've had you have no peanut butter and jelly yeah yeah. and a little bit of water in the last however many 
hours. I know. Like, Think about the willpower that these that, these people have. Like, it's amazing. They just, they're heroes, literally. So, they get the lid to slide off, but they're, they're not done yet. Mm-hmm. Michael now has to dig his way out of the dirt oh that is covering the truck with his bare hands. And after another few hours has have gone by, he finally reaches daylight. He finally reaches the top. And one by one, all 26 children and the bus driver, Ed, emerge from this the ground. <laughs> literally. Like, just come out of the ground. Yeah. Well, and it's so scary to think that they really don't know what awaits them on the other side. Well, like, yeah, they, they were worried if, like, where they are. And yeah. are the kidnappers waiting for them out there? Like, right, with their they shotguns. Were they were in a van for 11 hours, so who the heck knows? Right. I mean, and at this could point, be so many places. At this point, they don't even know why this is happening to right. them. So they don't, yeah. Thankfully, though, that wasn't the case. Uh, in fact, the kidnappers were so exhausted from their little excursion that they decided to take a nap. Well, right, because that is very hard work. 26, it sounds, 26 children. Sounds like a lot of work. And the phone lines were busy. They, yeah, they, they had were, no other option. <laughs> they were trying to call 911 to, oh you God. know, these dudes are fucking idiots get their ransom money but it was busy so yeah. they were like well well i'm kind of tired you want to yeah. do yeah well they'll be fine yeah how do you how do you lay your head on a pillow knowing that there are 20 set 26 children and the bus driver Poor dying <laughs> underground in this little bunker that you created like in the middle and like say i don't know so yeah like you were saying after they had pretty much buried these children alive they called the police department to they demand tried to. they called yeah they tried to they were trying to demand that a ransom of five million dollars <laughs> be paid for the safe return of these children um and for anyone who's curious i looked this up because i was curious this happened in the 70s so in today's money they would be requesting Almost $26 million. <laughs> um, so, yeah. They weren't able to get through to the police department. Because all the parents were calling. Yeah. Because you have all these concerned parents yeah. that children, their children didn't come home from school. Right. So, they're calling into the police department in search for these mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sure it was a huge shock to these fucking morons when <laughs> they finally woke up. From their little nap to see the news reporting on the TV that their victims had freed themselves. They're like, they're like, damn. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now what? <laughs> oh, God. Gosh. And <sighs> what's also really infuriating is, like, obviously their motive is for the ransom, but they were. They were fucking rich as hell. Yes. Came from like the wealthy, wealthy. Right. The quarry, yeah, was the main guy who put this all together. He, yeah, he's the son of the owner, right, of that quarry, right. and he had like a trust fund with millions and millions of dollars because he, of that, right. But he he couldn't get it right away because he had to wait till he was a certain age. Yeah, 
And so, I mean, obviously, it becomes pretty obvious to police that, you know, this person has to have access. access. And so they started to look into the son of the guy who owned the rock quarry. But um, these children, they emerge from underground. They're finally free after an additional 16 hours underground in this moving truck. They all made their way to the security shack because, again, fully functioning rock quarry. There are people working Working their shifts there. Yeah. So they walk up to the security shack and the guard... Oh, this gave me chills. (laughs) The guard says, quote, the world's been looking for you. How freaking nuts. I can't imagine what... This is a movie. It is. Like, I can't believe this is real life. Uh, This is like the plot to a movie. It's crazy. Absolutely. And I don't think they've made a movie about this. Uh, There there is a documentary. They need to do like like a... You know, like a live action. Yeah. So the children, you know, police arrive. The children are taken to like the local jail. Yeah. They're not like, they're not like locked up in cells or anything, but that's where police took them. And it's like, like the safest place that they could fit all of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, they gave them apples and soda. Or if you're from the Midwest, pop. Or if you're from England, fizzy drink. Is that really what they call it? Or if you're from the South, Coke. Yeah. No matter what the fuck you're ordering, I'll have a Coke. How do you order? Yeah. Sprite. (laughs) Huh? I've never understood that. I don't. I. How do you order like an orange Fanta? An orange Coke? I'll have a Coke. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, so these kids are finally, (laughs) they're finally reunited with their parents the entire ordeal was 28 hours long. Um, Jeez. For the most part, though, the children and Ed are unharmed. Obviously, they're traumatized. traumatized. And some of them did suffer from heat stroke. Right. But they were free. And... They were alive. They were alive. Um Although now they're being reunited with their families, the kidnappers are still out there. So, like we were saying earlier, Fred Woods quickly came under suspicion as one of the men that could be responsible for one very obvious reason. Mm-hmm. He had access to the rock quarry that mm-hmm. his father owned. So, Fred was 24 years old. He and two of his friends that were brothers... 24-year-old James and 22-year-old Richard. I don't know how to say their last name. I think it's Schoenfeld. I don't really care. Mm, 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 mm. I don't really care enough to look. Yeah, but say it wrong on purpose. <laughs> they had been planning this for a year. Uh, and although all three of these men had come from pretty wealthy families, mm-hmm. they were in debt somehow. Um, I think kind of like you said, you know, they have the trust fund, but they can't get it until they're in a certain age. So, in the meanwhile, they're just fucking blowing money and putting mm-hmm. themselves in debt. Because they had previously been convicted of vehicle theft and were sentenced to probation for that. So, once a warrant was executed to search the Woods estate, the police recovered one of the guns that was used in the kidnappings, as well as a draft of their ransom note. Oh, so they'd been Plan. practicing. 
that, that yeah. fucking folder with a labeled plan. Yeah. And then they, yeah, they find this document that was titled Plan. plan. <laughs> I don't know why, like, but it just it's gets me every time. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's so stupid. It is so stupid. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't understand how the, like, dudes They're like this pulled dumb, this off. But they did this. Right. I, like, oh my God. Um, they also had, like, a piece of paper with a list of the children's names on it. I guess while they were pulling the kids from the van and, like, sending them into that truck, mm-hmm. they were pulling them one by one to request their name before sending them down into the, the moving truck. And then they were writing it down on this piece of paper. It wasn't even a piece of paper. It was, like, a a wrapper from a toy. <laughs> My God. <laughs> so, authorities found all of this evidence they tested the documents that they had, and they found the fingerprints of two out of the three kidnappers. Mm-hmm. But basically, they had their guys. The problem now was that the three men had fled. So eight days after the kidnapping, one of the brothers, Richard, turned himself in. Two weeks after the kidnapping, they found the other brother, mm-hmm. James, in Menlo Park, California. And that same day... They were able to locate Fred Woods, who had somehow managed to get all the way to Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> nice try. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, thank God he did not get away. Mm-hmm. So once they were caught, this is what James said. He said, quote, We needed multiple victims to get multiple millions, and we picked <laughs> children because children are precious. The state would be willing to pay ransom for them, and they don't fight back. They're vulnerable. <sighs> Like, so they know how fucked up this is. It's, it's, they still do unhinged. it Unhinged. Anyway. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> Fucking unhinged behavior. <laughs> like, what? Like, that's why you don't. <laughs> Don't choose them because they're because fucking they're precious. In, they're innocent. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just so awful that. Oh, my God. <sighs> so all three of these men, they pleaded guilty to kidnapping for ransom and robbery, which at the time carried a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Um, they were tried on a charge for causing bodily harm, but that charge was overturned because technically... The physical injuries that the children sustained didn't meet the definition of the bodily harm. Um, Rot in hell. Right. Fucker. So, because of that, they were found not guilty mm-hmm. of the bodily harm charge and were resentenced to life with the possibility of parole. And Richard was released from prison in 2012 after serving 36 years. James was paroled in August of 2015, and Fred, <laughs> big boy Fred, is still locked up. Well, he was he was denied parole for like the 19th time in October of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I find hilarious. Um, nope. I found conflicting reports about the number of times that he was denied. Like but it's some a lot. some places say 17, and some. Some say 19, but it's it's up there. I'll take the 19. Yeah. So, um, and their reasoning for denying him was pretty much that he was just still a fucking asshole. Well, and he wasn't following prison rules. No, he had, like, contraband. He had, he had porn, porn and cell phones. Yes. And he was running full 
functioning businesses while behind bars. How does that happen? And it's it's so funny to me. Okay, so he's he's running a gold mining business in a car dealership from prison. <laughs> the only reason that prison officials found about found out about this was because one of the employees of one of these businesses filed a workers' compensation lawsuit against Fred Woods. <laughs> he, he was like injured on the job. <laughs> and so he filed a lawsuit for workers' like, comp. We actually already have him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, oh my God. Seriously. Wow. <sighs> so Fred, he did inherit his trust fund. He claimed it was worth like a hundred million dollars. <laughs> And for some reason, he bought a mansion right around the corner from the prison. <laughs> I don't know. He was married like three times as well. So I don't know if he was just sending his wives to live in this mansion. And then they were close, you know. Um, it's, it's all very laughable. But Fred actually was granted parole. What? Yes, in August of 2022. So just recently, last year, he was he was the final kidnapper to be granted parole. How old is he? I don't know. Man. He's got to be. But this was seventy six. It's almost fifty years ago. He's got to be probably in his seventies. I would assume. I can look it up real quick. <laughs> Notorious Chow Chilla bus kidnapper ran a gold mine and christmas tree farm <laughs> what there's more <laughs> okay so what? yeah so um he's incarcerated for 43 years yeah he's almost 70 almost 70 was he actually released oh okay you're right so he's not he wasn't released. They actually set his next parole hearing for 2024. And he'll be 72 when that happens. I hope that. I would I would be okay with him being 72 and being thrown out. Yep. But he has money, so that sucks cuz uh, like actually he can like He has a house around the fucking corner. No. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, actually he doesn't have money anymore. I'll talk about that in a minute, too. Huh? <laughs> um, it's now been more than 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. And many of the children went on to suffer from things like PTSD, having uh, fear of, like, a yeah. fear of the dark, fear of being inside a vehicle, fear of the wind, like... And, and terrified for their children. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um... They suffered awful nightmares. Some of them suffer from substance abuse and depression. I guess one of the boys that went through this shot a two a lost tourist with a BB gun because his car broke down in front of his house and it like triggered him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A number of these children would also go on to be imprisoned. We talk about this a lot here but again it's just one of those things that kind of makes you wonder 
what type of people would they have become had this not happened to them? Right. You know. Um, So as you could expect, they were all very, very affected by what they had been through. Um, What I think is amazing, though, is that the bus driver, Ed, was recognized and he was given like a certificate for outstanding community service. Um, before his death, he passed away in uh, 2012. Before his death, he was visited by the children that he helped save. Oh. Didn't they send them all to Disneyland? Yes. Oh. Yes, they got a trip to Disneyland. It was- Did Ed drive them all? <laughs> I, hope I don't not. think so. I think, he, yeah, I think he got to go with them, though. But yeah. God. Wow. So after Ed's death, they also renamed like a local park in Chowchilla after him so it's now called the Edward Ray Park and they even have like a little holiday to celebrate him that they called the Edward Ray Day and they celebrate that every February 26th I think that's so amazing I love that one of the other heroes Michael uh, Marshall Mm -hmm. who was just 14 at the time now he's a father and a long-distance trucker, which kind of surprised me. Yeah. He also has a therapy dog named Blue. Uh, and listen to this. This is what he said about his dog. It's beautiful. Quote, I rescued him before he was a year old, and now he rescues me every day. Oh. Uh, is that not the most blue. beautiful thing you've ever heard? Um, Dogs. Oh, you don't deserve that. I know. Now, the children that survived are well into adulthood. 25 out of 26 of them are still here with us. They settled a lawsuit against their kidnappers. It was an undisclosed amount, but it was paid out of Fred Wood's trust fund, which I love. Wow. And yeah. That is is great. It's phenomenal. I'm so glad to hear that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a real kick in balls. I love it. Yeah, it's... I mean, there's no justice to be served, but that's that's a good fucking step in the right direction. I that's agree. for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. that's that's the story about how 26 children and a bus driver became heroes. Buried alive and dug themselves out. Yeah. And thankfully, everyone made it out and lived to tell. It's nuts. Yeah. That's that's it. That's our episode for the day. Show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Go to our Patreon. We will have pictures... I'll say your name. <laughs> you hear? I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> all right. Um, I hope you all have a lovely week. And remember to always, always keep, keep it spooky. spooky.